Welcome to Barents and Bond Podcast, episode 75. Wow. With your host, Corey and Diego Barentson. Hey, Diego. Hello. Today we have a very, very special guest. One of my favorite people in the whole wide world who took care of me when I was a small, little, very strong, muscular green baby. <laughs> it is my Uncle Craig, your great Uncle Craig. It's an honor to have you here. I want to first say you've been a positive, loving force in my life for all of it. I appreciate everything you do. I appreciate having time with you. I've learned a lot, and I genuinely appreciate getting closer together in these last few years. So I just want to say thank you. And it means a lot for you to share some time with your great nephew here, Mr. Diego, because... You know, it's a weird circle of life. You took care of me when I was super young, and now you see me with this kid here, you know? Well, I really appreciate you, both of it, having me here at your podcast. I've been a supporter for three-plus years, I guess. And, yes, you uh, have. I uh, love both of you, so it's kind of a special time for me to spend time with my my. Yeah, well, I guess you were my first son, and then your son. I thought <laughs> well, kind of a great well, Kenneth. You know, he can't. He's a little older, so I guess he's well, probably, he was probably yeah. handed to you yes. with diapers, and then I came. That's right. Right That's after. Right. Hey, Kenneth used to go on dates with me and Dana, which is my wife of forty years. So this well, is special. So Dana and I are still together, and this is very special. I got, I got, you know, goosebumps right now. <laughs> Because, you know, I don't do this a whole lot. I have done it, a couple of interviews, but never with uh, special people. Never with family? Never with family. Well, this is the point. This thing is called Berenson Bond. And I'm a Berenson. Yep, boom. So here or Berenson, whichever, however flavor you like. You know what? I prefer Berenson. Siri likes Berenson better. Really? Have, have you, you ever know? tried the, the Berenson? All the she Googles gets confused. and Siri's, they love it. Oh, Siri, Siri loves Berenson. She gets it. Yeah. So, Siri likes Barons and I like Barons. There you go. Yep. So, one thing I was watching, the last time we met, we were going to do this when we were at deer camp. Right. I was doing some homework on the aqueducts in Spain because I went with Uncle Kenneth to go see the grand aqueducts in Spain. And they took me there to the amazing drive. Are they ducks? Huge tower. They're ducks. It's basically a tall, tall, tall arch. It looks like arches. And then along it, at the top of a mountain is where it begins, where they came to water. They collected the water, and the water from the aqueduct, they built basically a tiny bridge just for the water to travel all the way into town. I think it's 11 plus miles long of stone that brought the water into the city, and they were able to use it to build these little canals so they could wash hands, use toilet situations, because before that there was no constant flow of water. They would have to travel, store the water, and there was no constant flow. So imagine how long it took in the engineering to build all this water. The point is, water changed the whole life of that city. It it elevates you into the next level of society. Imagine, remember, during the winter storm we had no water. That means we stored it in a bathtub, right? So we needed it for cooking, washing, cleaning. Those are the main things. And we're very protective of it. Like, we don't want to waste this water. And I didn't want to use it to flush toilets. I was like, hey, Mm -hmm. let's not do that because we need to conserve it because we need to cook. We need to wash hands. I don't know when it's coming back. It was hard to get water. So it made us really appreciate what you've done your whole life and the importance of you got a sink a toilet a water hose a shower without water it's hey life it just comes to a halt i agree with that it comes to a halt and the science of it and you understanding water it i really want to hear about it because he experienced it and what how important it really is because imagine if we had no water in any of the house for a year how would you like that? He's shaking his head no. No. <laughs> no. Nobody wants that. You know, I used to teach water supply to apprentices in yeah. trade school. And, uh, you know, there's 
there's just so many things that without water we have no life and like you said it's uh it changed society when the romans and the the mesopotamia became engineers of water and with the flow of rock water underneath these privies or toilets mm-hmm. in that society it took the wastewater to the river or in wherever they wasted it but it, it kept the constant flow and that way therefore you know uh, the first toilets were were there it really the first toilets the first sanitary toilets and you know but it would take the wastewater and just kept flowing and it flowed out the city and therefore with the waste out of the city there wasn't a lot of disease and things like that disease was so bad in europe at one time even later in life you know it caused several several epidemics and and you know they that's why they created beer like in europe because they to drink the water it would make them sick right because they were the waste was in the water supply Mm -hmm. so that's why they created wine you know back in the day and it it, that's what they drank so the fermentation killed the germs yes so uh, i mean beer not wine but beer beer in europe was the the with what they drank to keep from to be safe so so but uh plumbing has been my life you know i was a plumbing apprentice in the 70s and then became a journeyman plumber uh, through the state of texas in 1980 i was a journeyman plumber and then went on to become a master plumber which is 1984 i took my master's test and i've been a master plumber for that long however many years that is Kenneth was saying, is it true your master's test was you had to plumb a seven-story house? It was a three-story house that had the little miniature waste fittings Mm -hmm. that you had to, you know, uh, sanitary system is what you had to design. And and actually, it's like a little dollhouse. It's a 132nd scale of a house or a building, Mm -hmm. and you had to plumb in the commercial fixtures and the residential fixtures, which are different. You know, you, your plumbing has evolved because water is so scarce in Texas, especially. They had to create toilets with less and less consumption of water. So the toilet you use in your home is a 1.2 gallon flush. That really nice one that you showed me. Oh yeah, how you like Sunday. that flush? <laughs> and it 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 wastes. It only dumps a, a gallon at 0.2 mm-hmm. gallons, and that takes your waste or your you know, whatever you put in that toilet, it goes out with 1.2 gallons per flush. It used to be six gallons no per flush. No way. So that was a normal toilet when I was a kid, was six gallons per flush. Now they've got that refined down to 1.2 gallons. So used to, you, can you imagine if we were all using six gallons of flush Every now? Every flush. Well, well that, during the storm, that makes sense because if you had urine... I could probably flush it with half a bucket, which mm-hmm. is two and a half gallons. Right. But if you put some serious business in there, I'm going to use that full five-gallon bucket to push it through. And I'm like, man, this is a huge waste of water. We can't – and being conservative, I'm like, we can't use five gallons of water every time we need to flush a toilet. We're going to burn through our reserves in no time. So – in north texas i can speak on north texas there's five major lakes they're building the sixth major lake in north texas for the first time in 40 years it's going to be lake bodark and it's going to be up around between paris and bonham okay it's a huge lake and it's going to supply the mckinney area and all those you know like allen and all those big cities up north Mm -hmm. because that's a booming metropolis now it's almost like Getting like Dallas, okay? Dallas Fort Worth has seven million people. Everybody has to use business, what, three times, four times a day? One big one and a, several little ones. So do you bu- know those numbers by heart, like how much water is used in a day? I, you know, the average day? household uses about 500 gallons a day. By the time you average, you know, bathing, washing dishes, going to the toilet, watered your grass the average person uses 500 gallons a day whoa now that's down because of the 
consumption, the toilet consumption mm-hmm. is one point two. It used to be six, right? Yeah. So I would have to get back with you on the numbers, but right now let's say five hundred gallons a day okay. per person. Per person. Oh, not house per person. That's per person. Whoa. You think you use that much, Diego? Five hundred gallons is you think a fifty five gallon drum of water, right? That's a that's ten of those. Right? Or no? That's ten. I want to say I don't I don't think we use that much water here. Well I hope you don't. Hey, you're a conservative so. guy, right? You're a conservative family? Pretty much. Yeah, they water the grass. But what if you <laughs> have to water your grass all day? Remember that's an average. Yeah, yeah. I hear so you. if you run that sprinkler all day out of a three quarter inch line that's a lot of water Mm -hmm. so that that take into consideration irrigation too gotcha not just what you bathe with so i'm sorry i didn't mean to kind of hog the message here but that's fine what you have any questions yet i'll tell you one that we're gonna we need to cover is texas state board of plumbing examiners tell me all about it all right texas state board of plumbing examiners are a separate entity in texas that regulate all the plumbing laws and rules for the whole state they're based in austin texas they do all the testing of the the licensing requirements for the plumbers of texas there's about eight thousand registered people in texas that either own a journeyman's master tradesman or drain cleaner registration and there's also a couple more in there, but there's about 8,000 of us. The whole state of Texas. That's it. That's it. That doesn't sound like a lot. It. We need more. So there's schools out there that t- train plumbers, both union and non-union. And we need more and more plumbers because the state of Texas population is going to double by 2050. Double what we are right now by 2050. Say there's how many is in Texas now? Thirty five million. Thirty. I think it's about thirty five million. Seventy million people. So those people have used bathroom. So thirty five million people have eight thousand plumbers and pipe fitters. Yep. Yep. Now there's a lot of other people out there doing plumbing. Homeowners do plumbing. Yeah. Like you, you put that toilet in, right? I had somebody put it in because I needed them to auger all the way to the oh, street. Oh, I see, I see. So well, I said, ah, while the toilet's off, yeah, you could throw it on. Main thing to do when you're a homeowner, <laughs> ask to see their license. Really? Mine's on a lanyard out there in my truck. Okay. So they all should have a plumbing license, either a drain cleaner, apprentice license, a journeyman license, or a master plumber license. Well, their van has it stamped on the yes, side of the van. that's a requirement. Okay. Others. That's part of our rules. Texas State Board of Plumbing Examiners. T-S-B-P-E. That's the acronyms. Okay. For Texas State Board of Plumbing Examiners. So if they cruise up in the van with the number, should I go to the site and actually type that number in to make sure it's not made up? You can because there is some bootlegging plumbing going on out there. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but 99% of the plumbers in texas do the right thing okay i'm not so, going to say. so if diego decided to go into the trades and he says okay i just graduated high school or maybe before he says i want to do plumbing what is he looking at to achieve that today it's a requirement to have eight thousand hours which working under the supervision of a master plumber you have to be registered with the state, Diego, when you become an apprentice plumber with the state of Texas. And it's easy to get a registration. And it's a card you you got in your pocket that somebody asks you how you're working under the direct supervision of a master plumber. Yes, here's my plumber's apprentice card. Mm-hmm. That way he can get credit for those hours towards that 8,000 hours to become a licensed journeyman plumber. And once you become a journeyman plumber, you can have other apprentice plumbers working under your license. Mm-hmm. And the, the company has a master plumber of record that they all work under. And he's called a responsible master plumber. 
He has insurance to make sure if he floods your home that he can pay for your home, right? Okay. So that's, that's why important. it's important to make sure those guys have a register registration or a plumbing license on them. Okay. And you ought to be able to ask any one of those apprentices, who's your master plumber? And they could rattle it off. Okay. Hey, it's Corey Berenson. He's my master plumber. So 8,000 hours to be a journeyman. Yeah, it takes about four and a half years, depending on how many hours you work. Mm-hmm. You get credit for every hour you work, whether you're working overtime or, or not. So that's, and I've taught that school at, at our local union. We have a tra- training center, mm-hmm. and those guys come to our training center to get re- to get that credit. We teach them code and drainage we teach them the book part of that but you've got to work hands-on mm-hmm. with a, a journeyman plumber under a master plumber's license mm-hmm. and we just got legislation passed to protect that for seven more years and it almost didn't pass right it almost didn't pass a matter of fact the last legislative cycle we almost lost that it almost went to what we call TDLR, which is a great licensing requirement. They they do a lot of other people like uh, cosmetology is under that. Uh, mechanical licenses are under that. There's a lot of different trades and organizations that are under that TDLR, Texas Department of Licensing Regulation. But we wanted our own because you know what the motto of the Texas plumbers is? No idea. Diego. Don't flood it. Don't flood it. That's a good one. How about that? But it's to, to to protect the health and safety of the citizens of Texas. We have actually saved more lives as plumbers doing the right thing than doctors. I believe it. Look, sorry, we talked about sanitation right. carrying you to the next level. Right. And you guys have carried on sanitation, which is the right. point of water. Can't wash your hands without water. Well. Who? Can't do it. I mean, you know, you especially during these times we're in, mm-hmm. just coming out of COVID, yeah. what's the first thing they tell you besides wash wear a hands. mask? Yeah. Wash your hands. Constantly washing your hands, right, Diego? How many days times a day do you wash? Every your, day. Yeah, probably three or four times a day. Yeah. At least. Yeah. Every time mom and dad want you to sit down for dinner, what's the first thing you do? Wash your hands. That's right. <laughs> That's what I do. I wash my hands. Or have those sanitary wipes ready. Yeah. But but I've enjoyed the 45-year uh, career now. It's made me a great living for me and my three kids. And uh, I'm proud of what I do. And you're no, you're no small person in this industry. You are the president of Local 100, right? I am the business manager of Local 100. I'm president of the dallas building trades which is all the skill craft trades in dallas fort worth we all have you know everybody comes together once a month and we talk about the problems and pitfalls of different things like our licensing requirements and the elevator constructors surprisingly enough there's no regulation for somebody to install an elevator in texas no way I'm serious. And they're trying to get legislation now. How do you do that? Pass. Well, I think it's just uh, people haven't taken care of business over the years. But anybody can install an elevator in Texas. Just anybody because there's no license requirements. There's no license requirements yeah, for let's that. start installing elevators. Yeah, you can. They you can't, can. Nobody says There's no can. regulation now. But we call that a skill craft. I in the, so. the building trades, we call that a skill craft. It's, it's for me. It's very important. All the skill crafts be licensed, like us and the IBEW. What's or, that? Uh, International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, IBEW. They have license requirements. You can't just come to your house and put in some electrical. Yeah, shouldn't shouldn't be able to. Again, <laughs> a lot of bootleggers out there. <laughs> and we call them bootleggers because they just do it without a license. Yeah, I actually had some 220 run in my last house because we had solar panels, and I right. wanted to run 220 to run some welders in the garage. Yeah. And the guy said, hey, I know how to do it. I'm like, what if he blows up my house and screws up all the electrical? Right. He's like, you could roll the dice if I don't know what I'm doing. Right. 
Well, I just think it's very important but, for all crafts to yeah, be But they licensed. should. Yeah. And Oklahoma got that passed in Oklahoma legislation. So everybody that installs sheet metal, in other words, duct to your homes, mm-hmm. all the way down to what we do, it's all regulated by the state. Each individual craft has its own license requirements. Painters, license. You know, drywall guys, license. I mean, they, they got that passed. Now they're trying to re- <laughs> backtrack and deregulate <laughs> trying to it. remove it? They're trying to deregulate That's because of Abbott? He wants to just deregulate Well, you know, I think it's just a lot of things. That's our governor. He wants Abbott, to make rules, rules more lax so that yeah. more people work. Making it easier to work, but then that means you don't have to take as many tests. Right. So, Diego, when you become a lawyer or whatever you end up being. Wait, tell him. What are you going to be? What do you think right now? Racer. A what? Racer. A race car driver. You're looking at a professional race. I don't know what type of cars yet, but you might be looking at a racer. You better get one of those. $100,000 $100,000 go-karts and get him started now. I know. Can you help me with that? Well, I don't know if I can do a sponsorship for that, but there's people <laughs> out there that can't. Believe me, there's people that can. If you're good at racing, believe me, there's people out there to sponsor you. Yeah, I'm hoping that Coda. Monster drink. I saw you had, somebody had a monster. Oh, that was at, when at, at the hotel. Probably the hotel. Yeah. Monsters not allowed in this house. No Red Bulls, no monsters. Oh, yeah. It's heart palpitation juice. Yeah. No thanks. One of our contractors actually didn't check out with uh, their attorneys, and he put in a Red Bull and a monster uh, dispenser in a fab shop. Oh, really? And the boss came through there and looked at that, and he goes, oh, that's got to (laughs) go. Somebody has a heart attack on my job site, and that would be a pain in the rump. So they took him out, made him take him out. Yeah, and I'm not making it up. I actually did jujitsu. I trained with the guy who would drink two tall boy monsters and then do jujitsu practice. Mm. And we told him, hey, man, that looks like a really bad idea. Your heart's going to explode out of your chest. You probably shouldn't do that. When we're training, get kind of murmurs, like you start you know, shaking around. He's like, you can tell, like, hey, Did you he need quit? to sit down. You need to, you need to stop doing that. We're like, do you drink this all the time? He's like, oh yeah, two is nothing. Three or four a day, right? Right. Fast forward a year later, he's not at practice. He's not showing up. Come to find out, he was in the hospital for a heart problem. Now permanent. He was a very skilled aircraft mechanic. Oh no. And he did not have the dexterity to use his hands to do his tool work anymore. Oh, no. So they put him in another position, kind of managing schedules. But the point is, permanently, he can't do his job. And how old is he? Because the monsters, he drank that for way too long. Now now the the permanent heart issue Mm. does not allow, because if your heart's not beating correctly, it's not flowing enough blood to your brain. Your brain's not telling your body functions what to do correctly. And um, yeah, so it's no joke. I'm not making it up. That's bad stuff. Don't drink that. Yeah, but you've done a great job with your kids, teaching them a healthy lifestyle. Yeah, he's he's taught me. I've taught him. Good. You know, that's great. But uh, that's kind of that's kind of what I do. And is there anything else y'all want to know about Uncle Craig? Yeah, I got questions for days. What about you? Um, something you've always known to, wanted to know about me, Diego. I'm I'm all ears. We have the same last name. It's true. It's true. Um, I'm on my podcast. <gasps> <laughs> what made you want to be a plumber? Well, I kind of inherited from my father, uh, John Berenson. My your great great grandfather was a master plumber, also. And he actually wanted to be a farmer when he first came. Got out of the military. He was in uh, Korea. He got out of the military in the early 50s. He bought a farm right by my great-grandparents in Kaufman County. And he bought, uh, I think it was 800 acres under the GI Bill. Mm -hmm. And 
there was a bad drought in North Texas, Diego, in the late 50s. And he couldn't maintain. So he talked to Uncle Burden, which owned Burden Brothers. He was him and three brothers, and that was his uncle. That's who I first went to work for. And he was a carpenter. He built their, oh, their pump pads, you know, for their pumps and stuff for chillers. He did all that carpentry work, poured the concrete, built huts for their job site huts and stuff like that. Well, he asked one of the plumbers one day, pipe fitters, he said, how much money do you make an hour? And they were union. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, well, we make, uh, I think it was uh, $1.25. Oh. He goes, wow, an hour? And he, they said, yeah, well, that's what we make an hour. And so he joined the union, went through trade school. They gave him two years credit. That was a five-year program. He got two years credit because of his military. He was in, did carpentry and plumbing work in the military oh, during okay. Korea. He built Airstrip, and Greenland was one of his big deployments. So anyway, so he started in his trade school, I believe, in 57. Mm-hmm. Well, Dad was very good at what he did. Whatever he did, he was very good at it. He actually won the state competition in pipe fitting three years in a row. Whoa. Pipe fitting, is they're plumber and pipe fitters. Okay. So he won 57. 58, 59. He won third place, second place, first place. And uh, what they did for to win that, he did a, um, a a template on like a six inch line. He they he built the template to make it a Y connection. Okay, he put in a three, what we call a three on six. And what is that? It's made of fitting. They used to. Pipe fitting, they didn't have 90s and 45s and Ts. They had to build them. So they got straight pieces of pipe, and they actually built the fittings. Cut like every time they needed the pipe every, needed to turn? Yeah, every time they made the it. 90s, made the caps, made everything. And it's it's pretty, it's pretty fascinating how those pipe fitters did that. Well, Dad was a pipe fitter, but he became a plumber because he worked for who he worked for. Because they did both. They did both, and then Dad went into the office, and he did all the estimating. He took care of the manpower for a while. He did a lot of things for Burden Brothers, but he worked for one company, Burden Brothers, when he got out of the military, well, when he sold the farm, and we moved to Dallas. So he was a very, very smart man, I will tell you. Very, very smart. So did and you? He know? said, "Hey, son." Well, you know, you could, I would, a, you could be a plumber, or was it like you saw him working there and you thought maybe would, he can just get me a job? I moved back in with dad. My parents divorced when I was pretty young, but I moved back in with my dad in when I was a junior in high school. Junior, and you drove, right? I drove from North Carolina back home to Dallas because my stepdad had moved us to North Carolina, gotcha. so I got a car, <laughs> one of the cars. And I just drove home. You, just, I, you took one of those just, cars. I took one of those cars. I guess I stole that car. That's you got to get out of there somehow. Yeah. So I drove <laughs> back to Texas from North Carolina. From North Carolina, when I was about sixteen, 16. I drove back, and my my dad asked me when I got there about a month after I got home, mm-hmm. and I was living with him. I already got back in school to finish up high school. He said, "Craig, do you want to go?" to college or do you want to go in trade school i said well i'm already working for burden brothers why don't i just go to trade school he goes fine with me if that's what you want to do you got to tell me right now right now are you going to college or are you going to go to trade school i said trade school and he goes don't ask me go to college again because you're going to trade school (laughs) why why so specific because i was already working part-time at burden brothers I, i went in the back of burden brothers and i worked for the mechanics they did all the work on the trucks, changing tires, changing oil, spark plugs, and things like that. So I actually went to work for Burden Brothers when I was 16. And then I got into the trade school, and I became, first I became a plumber's helper, which swept up after the plumbers and pipe fitters. 
And then I actually went to trade school after that, after I graduated high school. Right out of high school, I, I, I joined the trade school. But you weren't plumbing that long because you became a teacher and a more of a leader role. Pretty soon pretty after quick, I turned right? out, I was, we were doing a job in Midland, Odessa, building a, um, uh, a hotel. It was a Sheridan, and I, I met the owner's son. His name was Paul Burden, and he and I clicked, okay? So he said, you're a pretty sharp guy. He said, when you turn out, which I had to turn out the next year. I was like, graduate? After graduation. We call it turnout, breakout, graduated. Sounds That's cool. a better word for turn the podcast. Turnout. Yeah, that at me. Gradu- I graduated. <laughs> oh, we're trade learning school. these these words of the trade. We don't. I know. became a excuse. I I, came, I became a journeyman. Okay. In the eyes of the union, because I spent my five years in trade school. Okay. And uh, he asked me. He said, "Well, when you turn, when you graduate, I want you to run work for me." I said, "Well, I don't think I'm ready to run work." He goes, "You're ready. Believe me, you know a lot more than some of the journeymen do." And run work means start uh, coordinating the coordinating the job. So I went up in Denton at the Golden Triangle Mall, and we did a J.C. Penny. Ooh! So I did a J.C. Penny, and That's a, a J.C. Penny back then they actually had a, a mechanic shop. Really? So putting in all those oil lines and all that stuff was pretty unique. Besides doing the bathrooms in the in the air conditioning and the in the drain that comes off for the roof drains. All that's part of our scope. Okay. So we so you know JC Penny. So we went to the mall for the first time and I can't remember when. So we went to the huge mall here in town and we were you know, going in and out of stores and this and that. So you remember the big stores? Not the little ones we saw, but the big ones on the ends. So the JC Penny Uncle Craig's talking about is one of those huge stores. So imagine running all the pipes to do all the water, and then they had a mechanic shop where you could take your cars, and then they had to do all the lines, like you said, to pump oil and all those fluids. That's a huge job for someone who just graduated. 22 years old. That's a big job. 20, I was actually almost 23. Did, you, did the older guys give you a hard time? Like, we're not going to listen to this kid? Nah, you know, I did have some old ones. Matter of fact, there was uh, Buck Ragsdale. He was one of my plumbers up there. And he loved to play the fiddle. And the Christie brothers were up on that job, and they loved to play the guitar. Okay. So a lot of mornings I get to work, and they're out there playing, you know, they're playing bluegrass out there on the parking lot. <laughs> and it was that real hot summer of 1980. That was the hottest summer I've ever experienced. It was above 115 Whoa. for like 30 days. And on the asphalt parking lot where we were doing this, J.C. Penny. I had a little thermometer just for grins uh-huh. on the on the ditch line when we were putting in the underground for that for the water and uh, sewage, and it was a hundred and thirty seven degrees. That's what? the ditch line. So we had to keep <laughs> we had to keep water. That's that's what you cook a roast on, you know. Sometimes <laughs> slow roast, you know. But can you imagine working that all day? Hundred thirty seven degrees. So we had to stay hydrated. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> I bet I drank five gallons of water a day. So and when you're running the crew, do you also work? Or are you just quarterback? I was a working foreman. Burton Brothers didn't much believe in people that weren't productive. Okay. So I would, you know, it, it was a small group. We had like six guys out there the whole time we were out there. Wow. So I would, uh, I would work alongside of everybody. And so, but if something needed to be done, like keep time, take care of all the logistics, you know, receive material, things like that, that was my job. Keep everything coordinated. Make sure you keep everything in front of the guys. I always believed in if you keep material, information, and tools to the people that work under you, they want to be productive. Give them an excuse not to work and you lose the morale. Meaning always have material on site. Every day, look at things and make sure, hey, I don't have to run to Home Depot and get them a, you know, a 3 eighths nut or something for a hanger. It's just, that's silly. To, your guys want to be productive. That's what made me successful as a supervisor 
and people's mentor because I always took care of my business, always took care of my guys. I never expected them to do anything they didn't that I didn't feel comfortable doing. That's a big deal. That is a big deal. But you, Diego, you can't be afraid of heights in the construction trade because I figured out real quick you got to be you got to be able to adapt to whatever brought you when you're working in a hangar that's 97 feet to the steel you got to be able to get up in man lift fight 97 feet and think I'm safe I'm not going to fall off this thing and this thing is safe you know I think uh, remember where it's uh, Coda and then that tower and it had the glass floor no, it's plastic. Or the pl- yeah, that thick plastic floor, and you look straight down. He did that. I don't know if you've been up there in the top of the tower in Chicago. No, here at the F1 track. Oh, I didn't know there was such a thing here in Austin. What in Austin? Who are you? You live. Are in there Texas. a racetrack in Austin? Yes, the Coda Racetrack, the Circuit of the Americas here in Austin. Oh, the Indy you know. track. Yeah, the, the out F1 on the loop. Indi- yep, out on the loop. On the one that you can go 85 miles an hour on? Yep, just outside the loop. That's kind of like the, the Audubon of Texas. Eh, close enough. <laughs> Feels like it. <laughs> but at the top of the tower, it's glass floor. Plastic. Plastic floor. You can look straight down. And he wasn't scared. He was looking straight down. Well, the only the reason I think is if it was glass, is way more clear. Ooh. The only thing about plastic is that it's like a bit more foggier mm-hmm. and then you know like you're up there but then, but glass is like pure what was it like watching the cars race up there mm-hmm. i like it. it is fun it's a good spot so you wanted to be down there in a race car though right <laughs> you probably do pretty good stuff no i was at the sears tower in chicago i think something similar it's 1172 feet to the Whoa. to the ground and we got out there on that me and my buddy, we went down there to see what it was all about. Yeah. And I was like, wow. <laughs> and I'm a pretty heavy guy. Weren't scared? No. As a matter of fact, I, I jump up and down one time on it. Just to check. They said, the lady there said, don't do that again. <laughs> <laughs> but we had a good time. Got to go to Wrigley Field. This job has afforded me a lot of Go to a lot of places, so I've been very fortunate. Yeah, you guys, you let up the plumbing for not just buildings, but stadiums, right? But most of what we do in Dallas, uh, Local 100, we do the big jobs, the big design build jobs, like very difficult design stuff. Like We do a lot of data centers which has a lot of air conditioning in them. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do a lot of piping in those. We do pharmaceutical uh, plants, uh, mostly a lot of semiconductor plants. As a matter of fact, Austin, right here we're sitting, is mm-hmm. booming. We had a meeting yesterday. They need uh, 450 additional plumbers, pipe fitters, welders, HVAC technicians. There's such a shortage of skill crafts in Texas. It's unbelievable. Are you guys working on some sort of, like, what do you do to get people to join the trades? Well. Or do you guys talk about a marketing push or, hey, I don't know. How do you get young people to want to get into the trade more openly? I would suggest they Google search uh, Southwest Pipe Trades or uh, Association. So it's SWPTA. Mm-hmm. And get on there, and there's a form fill. If anybody's interested in getting in the skill craft trades, that's a good resource. Uh, we also recruit at the high schools and the junior colleges. Mm-hmm. A lot of people that go to college decide, hey, I don't want to go to college, right? So what do I do? The union trade schools are very good resource. When you turn out, you can expect to make eighty five, ninety thousand a year. That's pretty standard for our, for our mechanics to make once they turn out. That's pretty good. Here in Austin, they're offering $5,000 a month per diem. That's before you turn a wrench. For every month you work in Austin, Texas right now. There's really? that much shortage. They just need and people that bad. Samsung is doing a big push here in Austin. Mm-hmm. And also Tesla. Tesla. Right. And that we're building Tesla now. In your local... Our local has about 20 guys down here right now because we're not real, real busy in Dallas. But Austin is booming. 
as you can see. Oh, yeah. How many cranes do you see going down 35? I counted 12 the last time. I count them every time I go downtown. Yeah. I mean, uh, University of Texas has about 30, 13 cranes on it. Downtown has four high-rise apartment buildings going. There's DART job that a friend of mine's son works at right now. They're doing that over there right by where the hotel is. So, a little derail. What's the most amazing plumbing moment you've ever had, and what's the grossest plumbing moment? I, I, I know the grossest. Oh, do tell. We were uh, did a plumbing uh, service call on a uh, uh, injector pump, which is a pit with the grinders at the bottom of it, and they pump the waste to a different level where you can gravity flow. Mm-hmm. Something was stopping up the plumbing. So I was a young guy, so they sent me down in the pit. Send right, a rookie. Rookie, we tested the air. Don't ever go in a pit without testing for oxygen and air, breathable air. It's very simple. You drop a probe down into the pit, and it reads the amount of, of oxygen and nitrogen, which should read about 21, 21% oxygen and nitrogen. That's what breathable air is with a few other things in there. Mm-hmm. But if it's not in there, like that pit could have been full of methane and it will kill you. Okay? Don't ever go into a hole. That means just he's talking about a hole in the ground. Any hole in the ground. Be sure you know if it's got breathable air in it. You know how you think you can hold your breath for a minute? Mm -hmm. You can't if there's nothing to breathe. Okay? It's seven to eight seconds in your gone okay anyway to get back to my story that's just a little safety part of this went down in there after i i tested for breathable air right 21 percent oxygen went down in there and i'm feeling because it's underwater right and i'm feeling down there and i feel something uh, you know and i put it in a bucket and and as soon as it hit the air it was a dead skunk dead skunk and it made me lose every bit of lunch that I'd eaten, <laughs> plus the breakfast. And if I'd had dinner still in there, it would have been gone too. But anyway, I said, get that out, get that out of here. And it was a dead skunk. And it, it was kind of gross. It was gross. Decomposed a little Deposed, bit. You know, it still had guts in it, but it was, mm. oh. Did that make him sick? No, he's going to tell the dogs to calm down. Oh. So anyway, that's my grossest mo- moment. But I, the you want my best? Yeah, I mean it, it's got to be a every spread. time a young man comes up to me and tells me, Mister B, Mister Berenson, you changed my life. You gave me a trade, and once you've got a trade, you'll never be hungry. That brings tears to my eyes. Whenever I change somebody's life. Give them a livelihood. It's a livelihood that you can't ever take away from somebody. Because once you have a trade, a skill, I don't care what it is, that's something you hold on to. It's like you coloring shows, mm-hmm. right? You're probably really good at it. I'm pretty good. Okay. That's your trade, right? Yeah. Your profession. So that's what makes – did you hear what makes me happy? In the plumbing trade, any time a young man comes to me and says, Mr. B, Mr. Berenson, you've changed my life. It's a generational change a lot of times. These guys had never had any guidance, you know, when they come to the trade. Mm-hmm. And once they got a trade and they start running work, usually they'll come to whoever was their mentor and tell them thank you. That's my happiest moments. Yeah, that's a big – so it's a – joint sign of respect just across the trades yeah just commonplace and anytime i'm successful and the owner comes to me and says hey we made some money on this job so congratulations here's your little bonus that was pretty good too yeah well you sent them good workers they appreciate the work that's right you get a thank you a double thank you yep but remember the three things material information and tools so the information part is I got all the stuff you could possibly need on the job site. 
Second thing is information. You know what you're supposed to do. Correct. So they don't ever show up wondering, oh, what are we doing today? Leadership. Just like when you tell somebody at work, hey, I need this done. You know, what what your job is. Same thing, right? Mm-hmm. You know, hey, do this a little bit better. This isn't quite right. You know, you yep. get corrected. Yeah, all the time. Yep. So. And actually, I actually welcome that because I can't get better and I don't know what to fix. Yeah, if that's I, right. If someone doesn't tell me, hey, this is not up to par. That's how you learned your trade. That's how you learned your trade. Yeah, took a long time. It was a long apprenticeship. Yep, yep, yep. But that's, that's kind of it. That's it. No, no I'm sure there's other no, things. Of course, there's Diego. Diego, take now, off. Now, careful. I've been training a very rigorous steel trap minded interrogator. Are you ready for the gauntlet? Okay. Okay. I this don't is know. The gauntlet. All right, Diego. Here it comes. I've, I've been training this guy. And I'm, co- I'm telling you out loud, I'm just preparing you in case your mind explodes. There's a napkin here to clean up your mind when it, your head blows up. Oh my so get ready. Hold on. Keep this is very close. intimidating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Here it comes. What? Do what? What's your... Any question? Like, out of which you answered, I'm asking why. Why? Why? Why did what? Why did I? Like, I'm not. So so he said, why plumbing gives him fulfillment? Why it's gross when you pick up dead, decomposed skunks? Maybe, why do you want to keep doing it? Yeah. Yeah. Why do I keep doing it? Why do you keep doing it? It gives me satisfaction and happiness. I love my trade. Very proud of what I do. I like changing people's lives. I don't even mind the the tough stuff because I can tell that story for the rest of my life, right? (laughs) And it's funny. I mean, it's funny now. It wasn't funny then, but it's kind of funny now. Um, Why? I mean, it's giving me a... It's, I've raised my kids with this along with Dana's help, teaching. We've had no problems feeding our children. Next. Why? Why? For the same reasons, I guess. I just, it was a trade. At first, I didn't know this is what I wanted to do. It's kind of like when they used to, uh, Arranged marriages, you know, you didn't necessarily love the lady, but you learned to love it. So, uh, you know how some, I think, back in the old days, a lot of times parents decided who you were going to marry and why. But you learned to love, uh, fall in love with them. Right? Why? Why? Man, that is a gauntlet. <laughs> but I I don't know how to add to that besides uh, I happen to be a very fortunate person coming from a broken home. Is that okay to say this? Absolutely. That you're in the trust. I decided tree. to change generations. That I wanted to raise my kids differently than I was raised. So I told Dana when we first married, I'll go ahead and get into that. I told her, I said, I will never, ever, before we got married, I said, we'll never, ever divorce you. It would have to be your decision because I love you and I will never divorce you. Okay. Can I say the D word? Yeah. Affected us. I mean, affect me and your daddy a lot. But he's raising you guys. And I think it's the same thing that he wanted to change a generation. That's why Diego, your daddy's spending so much time with you kids. True? True story. True story. So me and my wife have been married 40 years. 
So I do the why maybe because I wanted to be successful to where I didn't have distractions to make it tougher to be married. Does that make sense? Clearly. Does that make sense? Yeah. And that's what you need to make as your motto. When you decide to have a life partner married, marry a, to make that your life mission to make sure that you make that commitment, that you make it for life. You know, one of my prerequisites to marry was a person that came from a loving family that were together. That were still together. Yeah, because I thought two would be tougher than one. I mean, whatever I mean. If she came from a broken home and I came from a broken home, you know, that's a problem. Man, we're getting way off plumbing. No, I don't know. We, we, that's, that's sorted. Yeah, that's exactly why I do this. I, you know, I've said it many times. What? You? Those. Oh, sorry. He's got another one for you. Okay. Wait, hold on. How many was that? I think that was four. Again. Why? Yeah. Oh, wow. Why? Why? Man, this is the gauntlet. <laughs> I don't know what else to say about it besides. Um, I just, in um, going on to become a leader in the local, you know, that was a, not necessarily a goal. It was kind of, I was working at a job and all of a sudden I b- became the leader of the local as the manager, which we have 1,500 members in Local 100. And I try to be a mentor to everybody and be available when somebody's going through tough times. To be there for them. So that's another why I do what I do. Now, I'm not necessarily that was my life goal. It sure has been a great job to be that next level. I could have started a plumbing company or I could have went down the path of being a leader in the local. And the leader of the local happened to be, I first was coordinator for the school, and then I became the manager of the local. And that's the top job at the local. You can't go any higher than that. So the buck stops with me. And I thought, you know, I've got the mentality to do that because I'm not an overreactor. You know, I don't fly off the handle at everything. I hardly ever get really, really mad, but when I do, I'm there. And I like to pick my battles and stay calm about my battles. So I was the right person at the right time. So that's my next why. All right. Yes. I'm sixteen. Mm-hmm. Why? Why one more time? Yeah. Five whys? <laughs> okay. Well, I don't know what else to say besides I got this op- awesome opportunity to be on your podcast. And I really appreciate it, Diego. And, <laughs> and, and well, what it what I was, you know, it's kind of fun this and that. But I've just been teaching him a few. If you ask why seven times in a row, seven you times. Can, he actually asks you seven. It's it's how you peel the onion. Ah, it's how you peel the onion. Peel the onion. It's a peeling the onion tactic. Okay, he's working on his timing, you know. But right. you know, that's his why. So people approach you. You're such a calm leader. You can detach yourself from the aggression or the problem situation and look at it objectively instead of saying, Oh, get over here, everybody. Everybody out. <laughs> You'd be like, Hey, let's look at the problem. Tell me what's going on. Address it. That's perfect. That's, that's very difficult to do. That's perfect. That's and what I was going to say. Some people come to with me from very hard problems. Insurance problems, it could be job site problems, it could be supervision problems. But I say, look, I'm not going to engage you. Let's talk calmly. Let's get the situation looked at. Let's fix it. I had three of those this morning. Really? I mean, three situations this morning and solved three of them. Major problems. Yeah, it was one. The guy had an insurance issue. Uh, he thought the insurance had denied his daughter's 
nutritional medication. Mm-hmm. It's like $3,800 a month. And I called the insurance company and said, hey, I think there's a problem here. Can you call me back and give me a resolution on it? And so I called him back. That was the biggest one. That's big. Because as a parent, if you have to pay $3,800 for medicine, all of a sudden they're like, yeah, you pay it. I'd freak out. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a month. Wow. So, But you kept it calm, kept it cool. Hey, I got you. All right. I'll be right back. Yeah. And that's it, a, that's, a, that's what's made you a great leader. It's a, it, it's a cool. click. It was a click. It's a, a matter of clicking the right button. Mm-hmm. You know, so she fixed it. I called him back and said, hey, it's covered. Everything's good. We don't need to do an appeal to the plan. So another thing that makes you good leaders, they know I can count on you to resolve things. Yeah. I I think we do. You've always been approachable. Yeah. You know, high level, low level. Thank you. Everything's important. Might not seem important, but if you have a question or need something resolved, Let's get it fixed. No ice water on the job. That's a small one, but Let's, but it gets resolved. But if, you, but if you have a slightly annoyed group of workers because there's no ice in the water, then they're not going to do as much work. They're going to yeah. be moody and be slow. If you don't know that there's no ice, you can't solve it. You need happy workers. Happy workers are productive workers. Everybody wants to be productive. You can take a mediocre guy, it's just an average guy. You can make him productive if you do the three things. Say him again. Let's just beat him into this kid's head because, you know, it's going to be a big boss. It's with anything. Okay. Could you do your job without a computer? No. I need a working computer. I need water, no ice. <laughs> no, right. But it's material, information, and tools. Okay, so if a race car version material, what do you need to race? Cars. A race car. Step one. You can't race without a car. Okay, you got a race car. Now what? What tools do you what, need? What tools do you need? Uh, like tire changing stuff. All the tools to fix the car. You need right. the whole crew with the pit, all the tools. You remember when we went inside the pits? It was cool. We could see what they, all the tools. Y'all went the in car. the pit? How yeah, do you we, get in the pit? Oh, I got to invite you. So one of our friends races at the kind of like a race day. Uh, there's a lap battle race, and it's more people that retrofit their cars, you know, race ready. It's not F1. We didn't go in the F1 pits yet. That's next level. But, I mean, these are high-end cars, but we got to go in the pit and see all the tools, oh, all the mechanics. Cool. So you got your tools, race car. Now you need information, Diego. Can you race if I just give you a car and the tools? Yeah. No, you I don't know that. when to race. You don't know who you're racing. You what about the track lap? You don't know how many practice laps. What about the track lap? I mean, the information about what track exactly. you're Exactly. You ha- you cannot race until you've done practice laps to learn all about the track. So that's information you can only gain from actually driving on the course. So I'd now love you to do all that. those things. Which, by the way, we should go. You can do ride-alongs. Today? Not today. Not today. It's too wet. Yeah, not today. we got to figure that out. But you can do ride-alongs, <laughs> and it'll be awesome. I've always thought it, but I cannot fit the car. Of course. Even when we went to that lap battle, they even have a drifting course. You can mm. sit in cars, and they'll drift and go crazy. You know the drifting? What's a drift? Was that when they skid around? Sure. Yeah, skidding sideways. Do you like drifting? Oh, I want to wait for my It's pretty cool to watch. Yeah, I tried to get him in there. You have to be 18. I was like, come on. just Can you just put him in there? Just put a helmet on him. And they said, uh, no, 18 and up. So if you, when you do get your go-kart and get to do a little bit of racing, you got to have safety equipment. Don't you have to wear a helmet? Mm-hmm. Um, what about a fire suit? What if your car catches on fire? It's like a, not a it's like just a normal suit. Yeah, low danger of fiery explosions on the go karts. Oh, but you know, maybe in the high end ones. It's what mostly a, in like NASCAR. There's a lot of NASCAR. Yeah. yeah, I can see that. 
Diego, what is your favorite? Is it IndyCar, slot car, mm, stock car? What is that? NASCAR? Mm-hmm. F1. F1s. Okay, okay. I know the F1s. Yeah, you got to come down in October for the F1. Oh, it's F1. That's mm-hmm. the one they had to... What is it's it? It's like those long, flat cars. It's got an open wheel? Hmm? Open wheel? Where you can see the whole wheel? Uh, yeah. Okay. Kind of looks like an Indy car, but it's F1. That's cool. You know a lot about racing. I notice whenever we talk about racing, you kind of perk up. But <laughs> that's, that's, that's your passion. Yeah. So my, my job as a dad is to figure out how to afford to get this kid into a racing go-kart situation. So I got to get him. We got to figure that out. So my job is to handle my business so I can give him what he needs to pursue what he wants. Well, there's a dirt yeah, track right he by didn't, Crandall. He did not pick riding a bike, unfortunately, because I could take care of that right now. <laughs> uh, he did not pick walking as his future. Passion. As his, like aggressive walking, fast walking. That would have been a lot What cheaper. about backwards? He could do backwards walking. He didn't pick that. Um, so he picked the most Formula high One. He picked, yeah, just go for the top tier <laughs> racing program on the planet. Well. Hey, anything's possible. That's right. And it starts with go-karts. Yeah. Well, that's good. Now, yeah, two more whys. Yeah, I think. We're, oh, we're, we're covered whys. I think we cover whys. I think we jointly shared, hey, we want to have beautiful, loving families. My whole goal since I was young is I envisioned a nice, peaceful home with an actual together family unit. You got it. Where it's calm. I've got everything I always wanted, and it's great. Me too. And Diego, you're working on it. And he, you know he's, he needs an F1, so you know. Yeah. I think you better go kart first. <laughs> build you a go kart out of a kit. Yeah. You got a garage? Yeah. You want to build a go kart? <laughs> build one. There's a track somewhere in this world. Well, there's Coda, but I'm trying to look up if they have coaches that teach you to race at the coda track they have go-karts oh wow well i would and look into that evidently yep. that's his passion and that's something just say the can... word racing and look at him i know he's perked up try, try it again just say racing racing look at that it's, ah, every time <laughs> smile and eyes wide wow, open. that's awesome now watch this making stuff out of clay no not the same response cooking he loves cooking <laughs> No, Don't you love when I have you make breakfast? But we've already talked about racing. I know. Racing. I can't let go of the racing. <laughs> he's also an artist. You know, he's working on some paintings. And I drawings. see some of this artwork, man. It's everywhere. This is that's good. Hey, if you're a good enough artist, you can order. You can buy your own F1 team. It's true. Formula One team. He helped me paint this big painting right there. See, that's the, awesome. See the hair on the right side. That's all Diego over there. Wow. That is an awesome picture. Yeah. But, uh, well, I genuinely appreciate you spending time. If there's anything else, hey, we're, we've got time. Well, I'm in no hurry. You know, I'm, here. I'm sure I've got a thousand other things, you know, but save it for another podcast. I'll we be back We can do this again. Oh, I'd love to. I want to take this up to camp and get into that next time well hey we can have old tom on there but you it might be the r-rated version I'll, don't worry there, there's a there's a <laughs> button where i can click where it says explicit content just click the e well, done well the thing about the the deer camp that you've been to it has electricity now Whew. so all we got to do is flip a switch next time and the thing about deer camp that uncle craig fortunately being a plumber it's got a water heater and a flush toilet and sinks and a big shower. And a big shower. Uh, you know, we you were can't just throw th- that in there if you don't know how to plumb. 30, 30, 30 inches by 30 inches what we, the, some of the littler guys said, hey, we're going to do a 30 by 30 that'll save space. I said, no. 36 by 36, baby, full size. Yeah, let's get a real shower. We got a real shower. We can do away without a bed. Let's put in a real bathroom. <laughs> they were like, no. And I said, I'm in charge of the bathroom. That's my job. You see how the natural leader came out? It's a group of guys. Y'all took, stick to what y'all you, do. You lean towards leadership. 
Yeah, you got Matter of fact, I even told them, stay out of my bathroom till it's finished. <laughs> we'll have you a working toilet and a water heater and a shower and a sink today. Just leave me alone. <laughs> and I did. We got it done. But I really appreciate the time. It's been awesome spending a couple of days with you guys. I didn't get to spend as much time with you, Diego, but Sophie and we went to eat and it was fun. We missed you. Next time I'm coming, we're going to do it. Okay. I look forward to it. Yeah, absolutely. I yeah, like well, this. Take care of yourself. I will. I look, and now that this corona, you know, Texas went down to stage two yesterday you know it's just going down think you know it's going back so it's like such a blessing to have you here in person in person just walk on in it's amazing life is coming back everybody's gonna appreciate things in a different light it's awesome you know just get everybody vaccinated all these people that don't know that listen to their their buddies next door (laughs) and not listen to the science vampire you're gonna drink blood if you take it. Just get your get your vaccine, people. <laughs> we'll be healthy. I look yep. forward to taking care of you. Next time we go to take, you know, All right. hang on out. November's coming. Let's do it. All right. Okay. All right. We're out. Bye.